I'm Shanna Hutchison, dietitian, blogger, and mama, born and raised in the heart of the Midwest. I believe that wellness goes way beyond what we eat and that our body size does not determine our worth. I'm passionate about showing other women how to live a life they truly love, one that feels purposeful, that helps them feel their best physically, mentally, and emotionally, and that being a mom can be one of the best things you ever do without it becoming your entire identity. This is a place you can come to hear vulnerable and interesting conversations about health and wellness, motherhood, entrepreneurship, and more. If you want to find freedom with food, learn how to improve your overall well-being, and stop waiting for a number on the scale to start living your best life and go after your goals, then you're in the right place. I'm so excited to learn and grow together. This is the Wellness for the Win podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. I am sitting down with my longtime esthetician and friend, Rachel Naster, and she has been doing my facials since Ethan and I were engaged back in like 2016. So over like six years, I think at this point, which is so crazy. She knows my skin better than I do. (laughs) So I pretty much do anything she tells me to in regards to skincare. And I just trust her because she just knows what works. And my skin has been looking amazing ever since I've been seeing her. So I am so excited for her to answer all of your questions today. It's going to be so helpful. So please, Rachel, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are as a person and also how long you've been an esthetician and your business and kind Kind of what led you to that career path? Yay. All right. Um, thank you. Thank you for such yeah. a sweet interview. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Rachel Master, mommy. Um, I um, have been a licensed esthetician for about 18 years now, which is just so crazy to say that I've been doing it for that long. Yeah, that's but amazing. I love skincare. I went to school immediately after high school for aesthetics because I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, I love helping people. I love doing corrective skincare as well as just, you know, being really able to treat and pamper my clients too. Yeah. So I really feel like that's my mission to help and to help people, whether it's feeling better or, you know, helping to improve their skin and all that stuff too. Absolutely. And you're so good at it. You're so good at what you do. You're you're knowledgeable, but you're also so good at making people feel totally comfortable. I remember when I first saw you, you were so good at like explaining things to me and saying, okay, here's what we're doing and why. And because I think there's just like so many things that are, are confusing for people who've like maybe never had a facial before or, totally. or who are trying something new. So again, I think this will be really educational for people who are interested in learning more about it. So with that, let's just go ahead and kind of jump right in. There were, of course, tons of questions on different types of facials. So people who were like, okay, I've never had a facial before. I don't even know what the heck I need or what should I ask for? What would you recommend? So it might be helpful to have you kind of speak to some of the different types of facials that there are, different treatments, and what the benefits of, of different things are and kind of who you would recommend them for. Yeah, absolutely. There is so much out there and I know it can get so confusing for everybody. I think there are facials that can span from just more of a uh, express service. So going in and just getting like a little deep clean or getting just like a hydrating treatment mask, almost like a facial bar experience, Mm -hmm. um, all the way up to, you know, two and a half long, um, relaxation facial. Mm -hmm. So I think kind of the best place to start is in the middle and you have to know yourself though, too. Um, you know, know if you like to may sound weird, but to like to be touched, do I like getting a massage? Do I Mm -hmm. like a lot of times with like a spa facial to start out with, you will change and you'll change into a gown and you'll get like a shoulder massage and neck massage. Some people don't love that. So Mm -hmm. if you don't love that, you can go more of like, you know, maybe a medical route of getting like, you know, just a a plain hydrofacial or Mm -hmm. um, something a little bit more clinical like that to where you don't 
have to, you know, do the whole changing process. So I think it's important for you to know, kind of have an idea of what you're looking for and then go based on that for your first time. But I always like to say right in the middle. So a nice, good spa facial. And if you go in for a facial and you're booked for something that your provider will, I would say, you know, nine and a half times out of 10, look at your skin and say like, you know, this isn't right for you. I think we should do this. Mm -hmm. Your provider will always have your back to do what's best for your skin. So for sure. you don't have to be afraid with booking that stuff too. Yeah. And I think that's such a good point because yeah, people will just like go to someone's website and be like, oh my gosh, there are so many options. Like what should I do? Would it be safe to like select hydrofacial most of the time? And then from there, the person can tell you, okay, maybe yes or no <laughs> yeah. based on your skin. A hydrofacial would be good if you didn't like to have that whole like massage element and stuff like that. It's a lot shorter of a service. Okay. It is not the regular steps of a facial. So Mm -hmm. maybe if it's like your very first time, you can look for just like a spa facial and that will give you the basic double cleanse, deep cleansing, exfoliation, masking steps of a facial that is there to kind of get that first experience. Mm -hmm. But then I guess another option, I don't want to be confusing, but another (laughs) option is that if you don't want the massage experience, you could lean a little bit more towards a hydrofacial. Just don't expect to be getting the full pamper with that too. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And I know like with you, for example, obviously you do my facials. So I know kind of the services that you offer. So things like, like the diamond glow service, for example, like will every different esthetician kind of have their own sort of like outline or menu of options? Or are there still quite a few like standard ones across the board? Like, of course, like hydrofacials and dermaplaning and stuff like that. Yeah. Those services will stay pretty standard, but to understand that there are different service names that can encompass um, a hydrating dermabrasion service. So hydrofacial is like a a patented brand that you will most likely have the same exact service. Every place that is like the hydrofacial MD. And then uh, Diamond Glow is another version of that that uses diamond tips. And that's what we do um, that use diamond tips in a very specific schematica serum and stuff too. So you will most likely have a a very similar experience, but it will be customized towards your skin every time. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, of course, at the end of the day, the most important is the person tailoring it to you and your skin and not just like treating everyone the exact same. Because yeah, for someone who has super sensitive skin versus like really dry skin or whatever that may be going on, um, definitely important to get what your skin needs. So another treatment that I personally love that we've been doing on me for quite a while, but we didn't start doing immediately in the beginning because I was having a ton of face problems, um, which we can kind of like skip over for now because that's a whole (laughs) different can of worms. Um, But you, (laughs) but with the dermaplaning, I think there's a lot of it's like definitely gained popularity recently. I feel like a lot of people are like dermaplaning at home. Um, yes. I do not do not feel comfortable doing that personally, but you do an amazing job of dermaplaning. We do that every time. Um, so can you explain what dermaplaning is, the benefits of it, and also break down some myths? Because a lot of people are like, does it make your hair grow back thicker? Um, and so a lot of people have fears of getting it because of that. So sure. all things dermaplaning, please. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, first of all, womp womp. Um, Dermaplaning at home is not dermaplaning. You're just shaving your face. Got so, it. Okay. <laughs> those little razors that you see with the guards and everything, that's not dermaplaning. You're shaving your face. There's okay. nothing wrong with shaving your face at home either. Yeah. There's totally nothing wrong with it. But you're just removing that vellus hair. Or, you know, some people 
people use it if they do have um, a little bit more coarse hair on their lip or on their chin or anything like that. Again, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with it, but okay. you just need to know that you're not actually dermaplaning um, because when you're dermaplaning, you are using a scalpel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are using a scalpel blade yeah, um, and you are running that along the surface of the skin, usually the like part of the neck too. And that is a form of exfoliation. It is Mm -hmm. taking off so much dead skin. And then the byproduct of that is that's also taking off all that vellus hair. Mm -hmm. Uh, We cannot do it just like you mentioned too, if you're having any sort of um, skin irritation. Mm -hmm. So if you have rosacea that is having irritation um, along the cheek area or anywhere else, we will not go over that area. Um, you cannot go over any acne, any sort of broken skin or um, extra dry skin. You do not ever want to use. And even if you're doing it at home too, mm. you don't want to ever use a blade over that because that's going to make it 20 times worse. Okay. And again, if you are to go back to, if you are going to be doing that at home too, to touch on that, make sure you're using a really light uh, pressure because again, at home, the main purpose is just to move remove that hair. You don't want to try to remove any skin at home because it is not good. Yeah. (laughs) Go for it. Do a trained professional for that. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And then as far as like the myths go too, your hair will not come back darker or thicker. If it would, we would have every bald man dermaplaning their head. Yeah. So true. I think the myth is, which is true kind of like, you know, I feel like almost every woman has experienced it with shaving their own legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you feel like you shave your legs and it's just like, oh my gosh, like it comes back darker, thicker, coarser. You're just catching your hair in different cycles. Mm-hmm. So especially if you are using those tools at home and you're using them constantly, it feels like it is coming back darker and thicker because you're constantly catching your hair at different growth cycles mm-hmm. and um, it's kind of almost accumulating. So if Got you've it. experienced any sort of body waxing, you can kind of associate it with this that, you know, shaving versus waxing, once you start waxing and really ripping it off at like a longer um, length, you will notice what seems like a hair reduction, but it's, it is a little bit of a hair reduction, but it's also you're catching the hair at the right growth level. So that's why it is really great to get dermaplaning done in a professional office because you're Mm -hmm. letting your hair grow out, getting that very close dermaplane done with the scalpel. Mm -hmm. And then it's taking a longer time to grow in. So you don't feel like your hair is darker, thicker, or growing back in um, a larger volume or anything like that. I kind of feel like that's like the number one myth with it. But I do want to say that if you notice that if you're using the dermaplane razors at home and you feel like you have an uptick on acne or anything like that, please stop because Mm -hmm. that in general, um, I feel like is the number one thing with dermaplaning that people don't realize is that whether, you know, you're doing it in clinic as like a service with your esthetician, or if you're using those razors at home, it can cause a histamine reaction. Mm. And that's when you just get little red bumps or little bumps afterwards that almost look like little white heads. And if you were to press on it, they just pop and there's liquid out of them. Mm. That can happen at home, like I said, or in a clinic. So if you notice that that's happening um, regularly, I would recommend to stop or take a Benadryl that day of Mm. um, or right after because- that'll just prevent that from happening, but it can, you know, we are doing a treatment to the skin, so it can cause a reaction. So just keep your eye out for that. Yeah. 
good point. I actually did have someone ask me about that one time when I had um, dermaplaning done. They were like, do you get like bumpy and red after you get that done? And I feel like maybe earlier on when we did it, that would sometimes happen like the next day, especially like around my like upper lip or something. I would maybe experience that. But now I feel like I tolerate it really well. So maybe it just kind of depends. It totally does. And I think it's knowing your own skin too Mm -hmm. and knowing and, and talking to your provider and saying, you know, hey, last time we dermaplaned, I got some bumps afterwards. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that as a provider, you know, okay, well then I'm going to be using like a very gentle hydrating mask afterwards. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing some high frequency. Let's try this time also with you maybe taking an allergy pill at home and seeing if that helps. Mm-hmm. There's other things we can do afterwards versus if, you know, I didn't know that and we wanted to do an aggressive treatment and I did more yeah. of an aggressive after mask or whatever, it could possibly um, stir up a little bit more of that irritation. For sure. So it's, yeah, always sure. keep in communication. So we know. Yeah, absolutely. Those are all really helpful points. So many things to touch on with dermaplaning, but <laughs> but like I said, very much recommend it. I love it. Of course, yeah. talk to your person and see if it's good for you, but I highly recommend. Hey friends, interrupting this conversation really fast to tell you about a brand I love, and that is Hill & Hazel. Hill & Hazel is an online boutique owned by my friend Hillary that sells the freaking cutest clothes at affordable prices. She launches new items every single week, and I promise you will not be disappointed. Check out her page at Shop Hill and Hazel on Instagram and you'll see what I mean. Whether you need some cute tops for going out with friends, a new dress for weddings, baby showers, or other festivities, or even shoes and accessories, she has you covered. She offers a great mix of basics and closet staples, as well as fun and unique items that you will love. You can use my code SHANA10 to get 10% off your purchase at hillandhazel.com. Happy shopping! Um, so another, of course, very popular topic that majority of the questions were about were wrinkles and anti-aging. So everyone wants to know, you know, what are some alternatives maybe to things like Botox or other injectables, best products or treatments for anti-aging effects, and like what is actually legit versus maybe a waste of money, um, in your opinion, as far as like products and things that are out there. And yeah, so what should we do for for the anti-aging factor? <laughs> I, um, first want to say too, like I do love, um, Botox, I I think it's great. I know that it's mm-hmm. not best for everybody and not everybody's choice. So I think that the most important thing with that is again just knowing what you align with and knowing what you're comfortable with and, and what sure. you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great return on investment. You know, mm-hmm. you usually see great great results. But I completely understand with you know not wanting to go with that, wanting to go a separate route. So I think prevention is key. So starting from a very early age of wearing SPF all the time, mm-hmm. not being in the sun, not laying out. Mm-hmm. Um, always protecting your skin, which, yeah. you know, is really hard because I feel like for most of us, mm-hmm. we don't start realizing how much damage we caused until we start to see it. Yes. So, sure. um, and then it's the scramble, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if I could take back ASAP. all the years, all the years of tanning beds and right. laying out for literally 10 hours a day, gosh, <laughs> oh, it makes me sad. <laughs> you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, I think, there are some great things that you can do if you want to go the end clinic route. Chemical peels are wonderful, and but you also want to get on a good skin regimen with your provider because those are only going to make your results from a chemical peel even better. I know that may not be an option for anybody that is actively getting trying to get pregnant or nursing or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I think just really great preventative regular facials are good for that. With mm-hmm. um, you know your provider using great anti aging skincare in your treatments, I feel like kind of the most gimmicky things 
are, you know, at home micro needle rollers. It would definitely not do anything like that. Those are yeah. terrible. Yeah. Those would cause a lot more problems than sure. good. There are some really great at home devices. Um, there's like some at home microcurrents that are good and they are good if you're using on a very regular basis. Um, and those are things like New Face uh, is a brand that is a at home uh, microcurrent. So it. that is using a current to help like lift and tighten the skin. But those things are also, um, you have to know yourself. And mm-hmm. if that's not something that you're going to be using consecutively, then it is a waste of money and it is a gimmick. So okay. um, if that's, if you're looking to use something like very consistently, then that's great. But also just to let you know, you know, you can't be using any sort of like things that send electric, electric pulses through your body. Uh, if you are pregnant, actually pregnant, got it. Things like actual at home prevention to summarize <laughs> at home prevention and, um, wearing SPF and chemical peels will probably be your best thing to, mm-hmm. um, start to be anti-aging. Now, if you're not having any active, what do I want to say responses to, um, or issues that you're wanting to fix, from anti-aging. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So if you're not already noticing like wrinkling or things like that, I don't think you need to jump into a chemical peel series. Like we only want to do that if we are trying to really work on a specific situation. But um, if you're just looking to wanting to make sure your skin's looking great, you want to keep it looking great for a long time. I think regular medical grade facials are the way to go. Okay. What about retinol? Would that be something that you'd recommend regularly retinol or is very helpful, but I just want to make sure that you are on the right retinol for your skin type. Mm-hmm. Um, that's okay. also something that can be, I love retinol. So don't get me wrong. So I'm not dogging them. Um, but I think that sometimes we can jump right to like a prescription, like tretinoin or something like that with a doctor. And I, I say this from a place of also like working with a lot of acne patients, mm-hmm. um, and acne people, and that prescription does have, um, a, uh, pore clogger in it called isopropyl mercerate. And so mm-hmm. just my clients that I see that are already genetically predisposed to acne can really be triggered by that. So not an easy answer. I know. Sorry, but (laughs) it's kind of like finding the right retinol for your skin too. That Mm -hmm. can be so helpful for being preventative as well. Sure. And I I will mention too, the product that you've had me on for the past several years is the IS clinical. Is that what they call it? Um, the active serum that's fairly comparable as far as like the benefits, right? Absolutely. Okay. And it does all of IS clinical. I love it so much because it is all botanical based and it's like the medical botanical base that they use in pharmaceutical products. Mm -hmm. So it is safe for pregnancy. So especially I feel like, yeah, at you know, certain stages of a woman's life, it can be, you know, just feel better to be on because, you know, you're being on active skincare. And Mm -hmm. if you, you know, do happen to become pregnant and you're trying or whatever, you, you Mm -hmm. know, feel safe. Absolutely. And I love that product. I've been using it for years now and it feels really good. And my, I, like I said, I feel like my skin has looked surprisingly amazing the past yeah. couple of years, which I credit all to you. <laughs> it's you all, all thanks to you, yeah. the queen. <laughs> um, okay. So with that, and this might kind of like overlap a little bit, but yeah. s- several people too were like, okay, there's so many freaking options out there with skincare. What do I like actually need? Like if I were to narrow it down, what would be like three products you would 
absolutely recommend as essentials. Like, do we need vitamin C? Do we need, we obviously just touched on retinol, um, SPF, I imagine would be on that list. So what would you say are kind of like your top three if you had to choose? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Kind of went back and forth with this too, because um, if it's like an ingredient versus like an actual product, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, number one is SPF. Okay. Yep. That and it's really good. I feel like the most important SPF too for everybody is one that you're actually going to use daily. Mm -hmm. So if you um, find one that's best for you, that feels comfortable on your skin, that you feel like works with your makeup, I love to give my recommendations, but still, I think it's the number one most important because you're helping to prevent from any sun damage. Mm -hmm. Or if you are actively in a skin series or something, it is helping to protect any of the activity that we're doing on your skin as well as. You know what I mean? Other than just your regular exposure. Mm -hmm. Um, Number two, I just want to say group these in as antioxidants. So not necessarily saying only vitamin C. Vitamin C is very important. But again, coming from a place of acne specialists, they always have Mm -hmm. to play the devil's advocate and say that not every skin type can handle vitamin C. Okay. So I see a lot of people... It's an amazing ingredient, but I just see a lot of people that have um, really intense acne responses to it because it is so active in the skin and in the pore. So Mm -hmm. that's why, again, I like to just say that antioxidants are amazing for the skin. So if vitamin C is not working for you, you can use something like a niacinamide. I mean, vitamin A, retinol is considered an antioxidant too. Mm -hmm. So um, vitamin E is great. Coenzyme Q10, fruitic acid, beta-glucan. Not all of these things, you know, do exactly what vitamin C does, but Mm. antioxidants are so important, just like we use inside of our body, how important they are to use on our face too, because they can help with so many issues. They make your skin glow. Certain um, antioxidant ingredients help hydrate you. So I think those are very, very important to use. Mm -hmm. Um, And so since I kind of included retinol into those antioxidants, because I do feel like that's very important too, I would say honestly to the correct moisturizer. I feel like this is something that's like skipped over a lot with people, mm-hmm. but um, it can affect so much. If somebody is using something that's not hydrating enough or has something that is not emollient enough in the skin, um, we can just see a lot of like barrier issues, skin problems, because then they're using maybe too much of an exfoliating ingredient or something like mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. I think the best moisturizer for your skin is another big one. And yeah. when in doubt, um, I, cause I see this mostly, I would say go with a very gentle hydrator. Because a lot of times I see two people, you know, wanting to do the most, which is great. We all (laughs) want to be doing the best we can for our skin. But um, then with doing the most with active serums and stuff, you know, you just really want to use more of a gentle moisturizer to Mm -hmm. combat that and keep you really hydrated. Yeah. Sometimes less is more, I would imagine, when it comes to skincare, for sure. And and again, you know, figuring out the right moisturizer for you, that's where an esthetician can come in and kind of provide recommendations based on, you know, looking at your skin versus going to the store and feeling super overwhelmed or picking, you know, what an influencer like myself recommends or something. You know, yeah. you have to know your skin and, um, you know, having a little bit of guidance from someone could be super helpful. Another question I had on the SPF before we move on from that, yeah. Do you have a recommendation as far as like a minimum amount of SPF, like at least like 30 SPF or thoughts on that? Because I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, my bronzer has SPF in it. Right. It's like that's not that's not adequate. Um, right. So what amount do you recommend? Yes, it would definitely. Thank you for asking that, too, and yes. mentioning that. Um, <laughs> I would say definitely SPF 30 at least and not okay. in your makeup. It is an actual separate product that you put on. So, yes. 
a minimum of SPF 30 is needed. And then it needs to be a separate product that you're putting on um, at the end of your morning skincare regimen. And just look at the SPF that's in your makeup or um, your bronzer, you know, your foundation or whatever, as that is just a bonus of what you're putting on. For sure. And you want to make sure that it is fully covering you. The recommendation is like two fingers full of Mm -hmm. your index finger and middle finger. Like if you want to line your SPF on there and then apply it and then wait for a bit before you go into your makeup too. So, you know, probably I would say give it like five minutes, five to 10 minutes before you apply your makeup to make sure it just like all really soaks in and you don't feel like you get any weird layering issues. Okay. That's a good tip. And I I saw that on Instagram, the two fingers thing, and I forgot about that. So I need to like be doing that because I probably am not using enough. I'm probably using more like one finger. Um, So that's a good reminder. And I need to bring it down to my neck as well. For sure. Yes. It's so helpful. Okay, quick break to talk about the prenatals that I've been taking and loving for years. Full Well Fertility, formerly known as Full Circle Prenatal. These are formulated by a fellow registered dietitian who is passionate about women's health and wanted to create a supplement that was evidence-based, effective, and high quality. They didn't cut any corners with these prenatals. They use third-party independent testing for harmful contaminants such as heavy metals on every single batch produced, and these supplements provide optimal doses and bioavailable forms of nutrients to support women before, during, and after pregnancy. I can honestly say I've never felt nauseous from taking these, and I feel really good about all the research that Ayla has done to create such an incredible product. If you're in the market for prenatals, you can use my affiliate code WellnessForTheWin to get 10% off your purchase. Okay, back to the show. Okay, so what are what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see people make when it comes to skincare? How long do we have? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the biggest mistake I see is overexfoliation because mm-hmm. it starts to cause so many other problems. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you know, we all all are looking at what's out there, and we all want to be doing the most and the best for our skin. And don't realize maybe that if, you know, we're looking for, oh, like, you know, I heard that a mandelic acid serum is really good. So I'm going to get this mandelic acid serum, um, not knowing that it also has other high levels of alpha hydroxy acid. So it's just too much for your skin. And then mm-hmm. you're trying to, you know, go back and forth and and really fix that. And it just, it, it takes a lot. And then you're also using a scrub because you're like, okay, well, my skin feels so dry. So I need to like scrub all that off. So mm-hmm. I just, I feel like I see it every day. It's just some over exfoliation and it causes just a lot of breakdown. And I feel like all of these really tie in together, um, which is also um, not using the correct skincare and following trends too, Mm -hmm. because I think what's important is that you, you know, slowly start to learn your skin type, start out slow with active products and then only add in one active product at a time, see mm-hmm. how your skin's reacting and then go to your, you know, stick with your basic regimen of like keeping very hydrated. And then if you want to add something in slowly, you know, I would say, honestly, six to eight weeks later, then you can add something in that's also exfoliating. Mm-hmm. So those kind of like all paired together are the biggest mistakes I see people doing of, you know, too much exfoliation and the wrong products and stuff. And it just sets us up for a long time of healing. Mm -hmm. So if you could just, you know, if you're starting your journey into skincare or you're needing to change some things, start really slow. And that's the best way to be able to create some change and really take care and nourish your skin at the same time. 
For sure. Absolutely. It's similar to like the recommendations I give people when they're trying to change their diet. It's like, okay, let's start really small with one thing, see how it goes, see how it feels, and then slowly build on it over time. So (laughs) very good, realistic recommendation. Yeah. So we had a couple questions too on like specific skin issues that people are experiencing, whether it's like postpartum, like skin pigmentation or like melasma. Is that how you say it? Um, A lot of people experience that postpartum. So, So what are your tips or Um, Are there specific products that help with that or certain facials for reducing the melasma? Sure. Melasma is one of the hardest things to treat. And my heart goes out to people that are dealing with that too, because it can be so frustrating and it goes away and it comes back and it goes away and it comes back and it can just Mm. be very frustrating to deal with. So I think some of the most important things to recognize is that it's, it's going to be, you know, possibly a lifelong management of it, similar with acne, that there is a high chance that it's going to come back in the summers because it's not, it doesn't just have to do with light. It has to do with heat too. Mm. So honestly, one of your best defenses with melasma is icing, icing your skin as much as you can. Mm. I always talk to my clients that like have kids and sports and stuff. And I was like, eh, it may feel silly, but like bring an ice pack with you. Yeah. If you're out at baseball games all day or whatever, I know you're like sitting in the shade or whatever, but if you can like hold an ice pack to your face in the area that it comes out often, mm. that is so helpful because okay. just really hot, humid environments can really bring it back out. And especially if you're doing all these um, other services, which I could talk about to help brighten it, it's very frustrating that, you know, one day in, in the heat can bring it back out after everything you've done. So yeah. I think that's one of the best tips with melasma is just to make sure that you're constantly icing your face and you're keeping it cool. This is one of those things too, that I talk about, you know, you have to kind of know, and research for you what's best for your skin values that you're aligning with. But hydroquinone, which is a very strong ingredient, is one of the best things for melasma. Mm-hmm. Um, it can only be given by a prescription by a doctor. They have taken off all, what do I want to say, over-the-counter uh, products that have in it. Got it. It is also, I want to say, I know it is like banned in countries like the, uh, like um, Europe and Japan because in high doses, it can cause skin bleaching and other issues within the body. Yikes. It's intense. It's yeah. intense. Yeah. But in very small doses under the care of a physician, it can be wonderful and it can yeah. really help. And then once you're using other preventative measures and you're on it for a very short time, um, it can be helpful. Think of like it for certain acne accutane can mm-hmm. be helpful okay. as well. Right. Um, it is not, you know, a fix that is just like, yep, I'm going to go right to it. I yeah, think yeah. it's just, you know, something that you need to talk to your doctor about right. um, and see if that is right for you, but it mm-hmm. can be very helpful. And as far as treatments go, they have peels now that have some of the hydroquinone in them okay. um, that they offer. We can't in the state of Kansas offer them without a medical director. So they are mostly all at uh, med spas, Got but it. a couple of the brands that provide these types of peels. One is Enlighten, um, one is Cosmolon, and they are a peel that it's kind of wild. It, um, you go in and they put a mask on you. Like if you were to go like put a, a hydrating or cream mask on your face and you wear it all day. And I think maybe about like 12 hours and you wear it at home. Yeah. And then you take it off and then you have a pretty intense peeling process Hmm. and then you use um, some pretty strong lightning products afterwards. So that is a great option. Unfortunately, because of the heat that's associated with lasers and stuff, lasers aren't a great option for melasma. So... I'm sorry. It's one of those things I don't have a quick answer to either. But um, yeah, you really want to use there. Also some really great 
products that you can use from other professional providers or get from us that we have that have high quality skin lighteners in them that aren't bleaching agents. But I like to be as honest and straightforward with melasma as possible because anybody that has it knows how frustrating it can be and how frustrating it can be to just feel like you're just throwing money at this problem that you're not seeing any uh, results from. So again, sorry for the intense answer. (laughs) (laughs) I just like to be as like straightforward with that as possible because it is something that you're just not like, oh yeah, use a serum. It's going to go away. Right. Right. And And that's what's tricky is like, there's so many products out there and (gasps) so many things that promise results for whatever the case may be. And it's like, unfortunately, yeah, we need to like talk to someone individualized who can like assess our issue and yeah, whether it's a physician or an esthetician who can kind of guide you in the right direction, that's just helpful to know. Totally. What about, of course, another popular question was acne. Um, So ways to help treat like hormonal acne and also the best way to get rid of or minimize acne scarring. I know that was something that you helped me with like early on, which I'm so thankful. I like feel like I have no acne scars left, which is so crazy, but I'd love to hear, you know, your best best or favorite treatments for those things. For sure. Acne can be so tricky and just like yeah. you do with melasma. Yeah. It can be something that, I mean, I would say most of my acne patients, it like hits off for them when they're like 27, you know, or sometimes, I mean, I have acne patients that come into me at like 50 and it's their first time ever experiencing mm. it. And they're mainly women. And it is just, it can, as women be so frustrating because it can affect us at all different stages of life. And a lot of it can just be considered hormonal. Sometimes mm-hmm. it can be other things too. So I personally, at our clinic, we have the face reality, um, acne program that I have Mm -hmm. found to be the most helpful at treating. If, um, somebody isn't a good candidate for the whole program, I will still try to help with as much as I can with some of the more, what I want to say, um, internal triggers Mm -hmm. and things like that. All the tips, all the help we can possibly give them, um, all the insight, because there's a lot of things that, um, we are doing that we don't realize, you know. It's like, you know, we're trying to get healthy and I start to drink like a a whey protein shake every morning instead of my regular breakfast, not knowing that whey can be um, a huge acne trigger. And Mm -hmm. so then I start getting all these breakouts and I don't know what's going on. I think it's hormonal acne because of X, Y, or Z, but it can be just if I reduce my weight consumption, that can help. So um, in clinic, when we treat acne, we go over all of those things, Mm -hmm. um, kind of talk about with the person, what could be possibly triggering this. And then if we eliminate a lot of diet issues or, or gut issues, or, or try to find out what the triggers of that person may be, then we will, um, we can talk about other things and maybe, you know, I'd recommend that they get their hormones checked or, you know, maybe a thyroid situation or whatever that's out of my scope. Sure. But, um, you know, I will also, excuse me, always try to help as much as I can and, and include all the information that I can for people. Yeah. So it's not as easy. Again, I just feel like, I keep, yeah. like a broken record. I'm so sorry. That's but okay. saying like, you know, get the serum. We'll be good. You'll be clear. Stop right. eating cheese and you'll be fine. You right. know, there's exactly. Just so exactly. many things that can go into each person. But yeah. I think it is what's like the most important thing too. If you're noticing acne, whether it be like hormonal, you feel like it's coming out of nowhere. Think about any new things that you start using on your face mm-hmm. or even on your body. Like that's something huge too. Like, mm-hmm. have I used any new shampoo and conditioner? Have I used any new dry shampoo? Did I re-up on like a dry shampoo I've been using for years? that, you know, some ingredients may have changed that I don't know about Mm. because that is just 
from people using like ancillary products that are not on your skin. I feel like I see so many skin reactions from that. Mm. Um, I know we've been talked to, you know, that's kind of been your experience with some Mm -hmm. things too. But, um, you know, there are things that are um, acne imposters that you, things like perioral dermatitis Mm -hmm. that people can get from toothpaste and chapstick that look like you're getting really bad hormonal acne, Mm -hmm. but it's just that dermatitis. So I think that is a a good thing to look at if you feel like you're getting hormonal acne all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Think about what 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 are some of the new things that I've I started using and what can I change? Yeah. I don't know if you wanted to touch any more on acne scars. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Ways to minimize that. that. Yeah. yeah. It's great if we can get as close to when the acne's happening, mm. treat those acne scars. That's the best thing we can do. You know, there's mm. all different kinds of acne scars too. Mm. There's post-inflammatory erythema, which means, you know, little red marks that stay around for way long. Uh, post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation, dark marks that stay along. And then there are things like pitted scars, ice pick scars that look like more indentations in the skin. Mm-hmm. So those first two using like a great skincare that has skin brightness and exfoliators, exfoliating ingredients are very helpful, kind of paired with those brightening ingredients. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And then we can do some more intensive treatments like a light chemical peel or light therapy and stuff like that to help brighten up the skin and to help even out that skin tone. If it is a more of a textured scar, something that's more of an ice pick and stuff like that, things like microneedling can be more helpful. Mm-hmm. And that um, in our state, you do have to go to a medical office for. But uh, depending on the depth of the scarring and everything too, those treatments are beautiful for that. Um, but okay. you, um, I would also plan on probably doing a series of those too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not just getting one done and, you know, and then the following week, they're going to look great. The a series of that, your skin uh, tends to be like fully healed about like six months after a okay. series of those. So wow. yeah. um, it's, it's good to just like give it time. Yeah. 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 And that's the thing with skincare. I feel like it's such a long game. Like yes. it's not like an overnight fix. <laughs> a lot of things are going to take time. And um, again, that was kind of my experience with my skin issues and it took several, several months, you know, probably six months to heal as well. So another question that someone asked, which I thought was such a good one, because I feel like there's a lot of controversy on this these days, is medical grade skincare. So is it necessary? Why or why not? What are pros and cons, I guess, to medical grade skincare versus not? Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, Unpopular opinion, siren noise, but um, (laughs) I don't think that... Oh God, medical grade skincare. It's so hard because it's like not a related or a uh, regulated term, you know? Yes. That's kind of what I thought. Yes. Anything can be got like, I mean, like I said, I've been doing this for almost 20 years. So it's like hearing all of like what these like terms have like evolved into, like it used to be like cosmeceutical, then, you know, it was a professional cosmeceutical medical, Mm -hmm. um, just really trying to like classify, you know, certain but it's not regulated. So mm-hmm. anything can call itself a medical grade skincare. So yeah. it's, you know, one of those things we all have in our industry where it can be like a pet peeve where just like, you know, yeah. I roll, it does not have to be that. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I do think prof- I'll call it like professional grade. So I'm talking about um, a grade of skincare that 
you would mainly see at your at a medical office or at you know a skincare clinic or spa or something. Okay. I think those are very important because usually they are higher priced because of the quality of ingredient mm-hmm. that they're putting into the skincare and things work symbiotically really well. Mm-hmm. So things within the line work great, but also usually those providers have usually have several different skincare lines that they pick and choose from that they know that they could put together for you to put mm-hmm. a formulation together for your specific skin being their client to mm-hmm. helping it, the, the helping it improve. Most, yeah. Yeah. Sense? Kind of the most effectively. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. But then that, you know, there's other like medical slash, like the people may recognize these brands, like an Obagi is, you know, a, uh, like the ordinary. no, no, the ordinary, I would say is um, what yeah. would I say? Almost like that's like more of a Sephora brand type thing. Yeah. But like Obaji being more of like a stronger medical brand. Or I think that they have some great products, but they also have products that are like way too strong for the average person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it is important to like, again, work with somebody or work under some direction. Um, yeah. But you can find, you know, I'm sorry, but you can find some great products from like La Roche-Posay that's in Target. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a good basic moisturizer, that's not going to cause any irritation. Sure. But I think it is important to use professional skincare products mm-hmm. to so you can get the highest quality for your skin. Sure. Because there are some out there that I feel like that are um, more Sephora brands that can be really tricky mm-hmm. and that can say they have, you know, this is a retinol serum or this is a vitamin C serum. And their formulation for the vitamin C serum is completely inactive to the skin and oxidizes quickly. And Mm. you're paying all this money and not getting, you know, a good result. I think also, sorry to go back to the professional skincare line, but when somebody buys a professional skincare product from me, like I'm, I'm held accountable. Right. I mean, like I'm, I'm, recommending a product that, um, I've seen help other people that I know what it does that I know Mm -hmm. that, you know, will help you. And if it's not working or whatever, we'll find another answer. We'll, we'll work it out. Do you know what I mean? If you are just buying whatever off the shelves at Sephora or target or whatever, you know, you just aren't getting the best direction and, you know, it can wreck your skin. So it's just, it's nice to have, you know, using a product that people that know your skin can like recommend and and are held accountable for, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Totally get that. Okay. I have to tell you guys about one of my absolute favorite things that I'm pretty confident that you need in your life as well. We're all on our phones for a large portion of every day, right? So why not make it easier and more comfortable to hold your phone or prop it up with a nifty little gadget? I'm talking about my love handle phone grip. I'm seriously obsessed with this thing. So it's a stretchy strap that you can put on the back of your phone, but you can still lay your phone flat or stick it in your back pocket. It also has a little kickstand on the back so you can prop your phone up, which is probably my favorite feature that I'm using constantly. It even has a super strong magnet on the back. They have tons of cute designs and you can stick them on any phone case. If you've been looking for something like this, look no further. Use my affiliate code wellness for the win for 10% off your purchase of Love Handle. All right, let's get back to the show. What about, I'm kind of skipping ahead in our our order of things, but what about like the order of skincare? So there are so many, again, so many products people are using. So like there's face wash and then astringent someone asked about, and I'm like, I don't even use that. And I have it for a long time. Um, Yes. And moisturizer. So like what order, I think we've talked about this before. It's like kind of depends on 
like the weight or like the texture of the product, right? So I'll have you kind of walk us through, like, let's say it's a very basic skincare routine. Like what would be the order of events that you would recommend? (laughs) Yeah, let's do those. So so obviously we want to cleanse first. Want to take okay. off your makeup first. You want to cleanse, and then it's always thinnest to thickest. Okay. Yes. So you would use a toner first okay. if you're using one, mm-hmm. um, and then should we be is, using one? <laughs> I I really do love toners. Okay. Um, just because I love. I'm sorry. I'm, not, I'm really trying to not get into a spiel. Okay. <laughs> I love a toner removing like mineral deposits because some of us have hard water. Mm-hmm. So if you're using a toner that you swipe onto your skin, a lot of times it can rebalance the skin. Things don't really need to be pH balanced anymore. It's not like that. You know, that was always kind of the myth before is that a toner helps to bring your pH back, but it's more that it helps to remove any like mineral deposits from the water you may be using. It also just helps to add um, a little for the most part, a soothing hydration level. And it helps to benefits the serums that you're using because it's actually really great to have some moisture on the surface of the skin when you are applying those serums and moisturizers afterwards. If you're not using a toner, I would recommend putting your hands back into the water after you've cleansed and removed your cleanser and push water into your face. Little pat, pat, pat water into the face. Then you want to use products thinnest to thickest. If you're using products at night and you're using active products, this is where I love to actually do an eye cream before serums or anything else. Because then you can use an eye cream um, on the orbital bone So do not use it right at your eyelash line or anything. You want to take it on your ring finger and tap, tap, tap along the bone right under your lower eyelid. Mm -hmm. And then you can always take it on your brow bone underneath your eyebrows. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you can go into using your active serums, your active moisturizers, and not worry about, you know, if you had to put anything close to your eye anymore that may irritate Mm -hmm. it. If you have swapped these steps, it's no big deal, but it's just generally like a safety thing that I feel like works out best. Gotcha. Not sting your eyeballs. Yeah. Um, (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Then you want to use any serums, any thin serums, and then you want to use your moisturizer. Um, You always want to use a vitamin C or antioxidant serum in the morning. Those products are to help prevent any damage happening throughout the day. So those things, a vitamin C or your antioxidant serum goes on after your toner in the morning as like the first serum, because it's usually the thinnest. Okay. And then you would go to any moisturizer SPF. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Simple enough. Yeah. Awesome. Several people asked, and I'm wondering this myself, skincare recommendations for men who want to do the least. (laughs) So as opposed to those of us trying to do the most, like Ethan doesn't even wash his face. Like he's like, I wash it in the shower. I'm like, getting it wet is not washing it. You're not, he's not like using a face wash and he's like putting like body lotion on his face. So I'm like, I can't with you. So please (laughs) tell us like, what are some basic things that we can get our men to do to take care of their skin? I think obviously they should be using SPF as well. Um, but any tips for, for the males in our lives? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, SPF is a must, especially if you have a guy that, you know, does outdoor activities a lot, which, you know, most of them do if they love to like golf, tennis, just work in the yard, whatever. SPF is huge, but 
that can be a battle. I understand (laughs) (laughs) because one of the biggest battle too, is getting them to wash it off afterwards. Like just at night, wash your face. I think starting out with just washing their face in a moisturizer is one of the best things. Mm -hmm. Getting a face wash that you do specifically leave in the shower is such a huge help. Mm. It's a good idea. It you has to get him something to yes, stick in the shower. Yes. And I mean, then you can like both use it or whatever, but like the same thing too. So because I feel like um, guys are such creatures of habit with stuff like that. As long mm-hmm. as like looks exactly the same, they know exactly where it is. <laughs> yes. and, like, this Make is it as easy it. as possible. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think that's super helpful. I think things have to be like their idea though, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, so, so true. So true. <laughs> um, however, that could work for you. Yeah. But then just letting them know that like, yeah. And right after when you, when you come out of the shower, if you know they like always do something, if they shave every day or if they whatever, use this moisturizer on. And then as long as you get them started with that, I think things that can happen afterwards that are helpful are like, guys love eye cream so much. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'll have to try I feel like once they try it, they really, really do love yeah. it. They'll never admit it, but they love exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but if once they start using it, they're just because it does like just give. I don't know. It's so like minimal and it helps them like look awake, feel awake and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is another good one to introduce, but I would absolutely just introduce regular moisturizer first because the eye cream can be a little bit intimidating for them. For sure. That's a good, (laughs) yeah, good idea. I'm thinking about like, maybe I'll get a face wash to put in the shower that has a pump. So it's like Mm -hmm. super easy. takes literally no effort. Um, What about- show them how much though too. (laughs) Yeah, true. True, acting like it's like shampoo. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, Okay, so those are some good tips, and I'm going to write some things down, run to Target or CVS, and just get him like CeraVe or something. I'm sure that would be sufficient, right, for him? Yeah, I would start on that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just the basic stuff. Yeah. Um, it would be better than nothing. That's for right. sure, which is right. the current situation. Right. Um, <laughs> okay, so that's helpful. Um, what about, so of course, some people asked as well, like, okay, getting facials is not in my budget right now. How can I continue to take care of my skin in a way that is, you know, supportive of my long-term health of my skin and appearance of wrinkles and all that kind of stuff in a way that's affordable? Um, yeah. So what are some you know, recommendations for like really budget friendly things that you recommend, like things like face masks, are those helpful to do regularly or what other things at home would you suggest? I would like recommend really babying your skin at home then. Um, so, you know, taking care of it every day, making sure you're doing um, a skin regimen twice a day would be very mm-hmm. important. Uh, sleeping with a humidifier, that's really helpful. And in general, that's really helpful, but mm-hmm. having that on your nightstand. So it's just like constantly feeding your skin that hydrating mist is so great. Mm. I would be careful kind of like trickling back into my little skin mistakes. Like I would be careful with over exfoliating. So mm-hmm. I would not try to do anything like too crazy at home because it can cause some issues. And then I face masks are great. They can be really good. I would stay away from any of like sheet masks you can get at Target or anything like that. Just because if I see a lot of people that or that reach out to me that get like Sorry to be extreme, but like little like burns and stuff. And um, so I would try to stay away from those, but gentle masks and stuff like that you could do at home is great. Ice rolling at home. Amazing. You can Mm. get a stainless steel ice roller off of Amazon. I would recommend that over a gemstone roller any day. So Mm. 
do a stainless steel roller versus like, you know, a green or pink roller and just roll. It helps with depuffing. Keep it in the fridge, not the freezer, unless you love cold stuff and leave yeah. it in the freezer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that is so helpful. So helpful for puffy eyes, under eye circles. It can just feel wonderful too. How often would you recommend doing that? Um, you can do it as often as every day. Okay. But, you know, I would say several times a week so you can see some like consistent results. Cool. Okay. I uh, also love brewing like green tea and doing green tea pads at home. So just like brew some green tea, buy whether you want it to be from like Amazon or whatever, a, a jar, and you can put the green tea in there, some cotton rounds, put that in there, screw it up, put it in the fridge and have some cold green tea pads that you can treat your under eye area with. And honestly, if you just think about like, you know, in old movies and stuff, when you see little cucumbers yeah. over the eyes, <laughs> but that with green tea, it feels so good. Yeah, It really helps the antioxidants and the green tea helps so much. It's soothing. It smells great. So yeah, that's another that fun thing you can do wonderful. at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So those are some good tips. And then what about people who do want to get facials? How often do you recommend getting them? I love to see somebody monthly, yeah. but I know that may not be, you know, in the budge for everybody. So, um, it's great to keep it under eight weeks if we want to, you know, build upon results. Mm -hmm. Um, I do also have people that I see quarterly. Okay. So, sure. um, I think ideally that like four to six week margin is amazing, but it's, you know, really important to do what's best for you and your sure. budget too. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I'm sure it kind of depends too on your skin goals. Like someone who's totally. maybe going through your face reality program and actively working on their acne is going to need to see you more frequently kind of thing. Exactly. Um, and something I wanted to ask about too that I forgot mm. was what about people who are like preparing for a wedding, for example, if they really want to like work on wedding skincare and get yeah. their skin to a good place for their wedding, how far out would you suggest someone start seeing you or uh. any esthetician? I love this question because I love having <laughs> for the yes, wedding. Yes. It's so much fun. And that's, oh. like I said, that's what connected me to you in the first yeah, place. So. Exactly. <laughs> and here we are six and yeah. a half years later. <laughs> right? And it just, yeah. I don't know. It's just like such a fun connection to me. Yeah. I like to recommend doing it if you can. Again, I know budget is important, but like um, a year ahead of time, if we mm -hmm. can start when you really start like looking for your vendors and stuff, maybe, you know, start shopping for estheticians because especially if you know you do want, it sounds silly, but if you want, your skin to look as best possible mm -hmm. for day of, yeah. you know, I think is starting a year ahead of time is really great, really important. Mm -hmm. And I will always talk to, um, I, and Shelby, that works for me. We'll like always talk to the client about what's would work best for their budget. What's going to work best for what our goals are, what we're wanting to fix. Are we just wanting to look glowy and luminous or, you know, is there, a, um, a, a challenge that we're trying to fix? So, sure. and then at that time we'll kind of talk about then how often you should come in. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I, I do just like see people every like eight to 12 weeks. And then once it gets closer to the wedding, probably about like three times before I'll see them every four weeks. Mm -hmm. I think was, what is important too, is to not try anything new so close to the wedding. So um, if you haven't started anything and it's, you know, okay, let's say it's maybe just like two months before and you haven't started anything yet. I would just go in for a couple of like gentle facial somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe if you did want to try something like Dermaplane, that's the time to try it. Like you want to do Dermaplane at least two times before your wedding to make sure that you like how your skin reacts yeah. and you like, and you know what day you like your skin the best mm -hmm. too. 
just as I mentioned before, you know, with that whole um, reaction that that can happen and you do not want that to happen. And that can happen from any facial. So um, even though something like, you know, a hydrofacial can make you look so glowy, so whatever, you never know if you haven't had a facial before, you haven't had that facial before, if you have a skin allergy to something. And if you're trying it for the first time right before your wedding, it's not good. So (laughs) I would say if you've gotten so close where you haven't done anything, just don't do anything before your wedding. For sure. It's a lot better than to have to deal with a reaction. Absolutely. Yes. That would be like worst case scenario, all of a sudden having a skin reaction the day of. Um, Yes. Good, good tips there. What about, I know we kind of touched on a few things throughout like the melasma, for example, and some other things, but what are some situations where you'll see someone and you're like, you need to go to a a dermatologist instead? Um, Or do you guys like ever collaborate or anything? Or, you know, what does that kind of look like sometimes? Yeah, I wish there's there aren't any that I specifically collaborate with. I think it'd be really fun to. Yeah. But um, you know, I have people that I uh send people to for certain things. Okay. That are great. But um if anybody I think has staff, which mm-hmm. I do see sometimes if people are coming in with acne for the first time, if that looks like there may be a staph infection on their skin, immediately send them to mm-hmm. a medical provider. The um staff or MRSA. Any sort of, if I think something's a skin allergy with what, Mm -hmm. you know, I've talked to like a new client about, I will, you know, kind of like stop the treatment and say, we need to perioral dermatitis that I mentioned just Mm -hmm. because there's a possibility of spreading that. Those are kind of my main ones. Or if I think it is like a pretty strong dermatitis, if it's something that I've been um, treating somebody, uh, if it's a situation where we've done several treatments, things aren't improving, or um, they think they're having a skin reaction to an exact product or something like that. And I've done everything I possibly could to try to uh, combat that or identify what that may be. And it's Mm -hmm. like, not extreme. Do you know what I mean? Then I will then, you know, recommend to a dermatologist, but the, I I tend to take like, um, skin allergies, like, you know, I know that you've experienced you pretty seriously. Mm-hmm. If I, if I have any sort of inclination that that that's what may be going on with somebody's skin, you know, and, and as an esthetician, there's certain signs you can see about that, like barrier breakdown and things like that, things that may look like acne, but, mm-hmm. um, uh, that's really important. I think for, to either see, um, a derm or to see an allergist and I have mm-hmm. an allergist. I highly recommend for that stuff too, that people can find out what's going on. Cause that's yes. so helpful to identify that for every facet in your life. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That was a, a special time when I discovered, <laughs> Long story short, people, since I've mentioned it a few times, you're probably like, what the hell, if you aren't familiar. But one time when I first started seeing Rachel, my face was like, it, it was covered in like just splotchy, red, dry patches that were super painful and itchy and it was miserable. And like I would wake up and it would look like I was abused because my eyes would be so puffy. My face was so red. And again, long story short, went to a dermatologist and did the skin testing, like the patch test on my back and discovered that I was allergic to an ingredient that is a million letters long. It's like, I don't even know how to pronounce it. I think it's methyl chloroisothiazolinone or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Something along those lines. But it's a preservative that's an ingredient in so many things like hand soap, shampoo, dish detergent, 
all kinds of things. So basically I got rid of that ingredient. It took several months for it to like get out of my system and then slowly but surely everything resolved. So anyway, just wanted to mention that if people are like, (laughs) okay, what is she like alluding to? Yeah, But yes, that was terrible. So, okay, gosh, we covered so much ground. I think that was amazing. Um, Did we miss anything or were there any like final thoughts that you wanted to, to plug in there before I ask you a few like fun little rapid fire questions? I don't think so. Oh, I guess I, I get asked about pregnancy and skincare a lot yes, okay. and about mm-hmm. like what's safe, what's not safe. I think one of the most important things is to do is to talk to your doctor mm-hmm. because sometimes your doctor will have very specific recommendations about what's best Yes, and they can steer us in the right direction. Otherwise it's really great if you can tell your esthetician, if you're seeing one yes. um, as soon as possible, if you have mm-hmm. any you know, inclination that you may be pregnant because then, you know, there's different machines that we can't use on you or, or whatever. It's, it's, and it's a little fun thing yeah, right. <laughs> for yes. us to be able to celebrate together. Yeah. But uh, I think that's really important. And then there are some things like retinol, which are, is not recommended during pregnancy. Um, hydroquinone that I mentioned before already for skin brightening is definitely I would not be on that at all during pregnancy or even trying to get pregnant. Um, I was shocked the other day. I had a client that was on it that was pregnant and her dermatologist didn't say anything. Yeah. So those are just, yeah, some things I would probably recommend for pregnancy. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you plugged that in there because I actually meant to to touch on that too. Um, Perfect. And what about any favorite like Instagram accounts that you love for skincare tips, obviously besides yours? (laughs) (laughs) Mine. um, (laughs) So I love um, Lab Muffin Beauty Science. Okay. Um, she is a cosmetic chemist mm-hmm. and she just breaks a lot of myths. <laughs> you know, we'll go into it, but I think there's a lot of like stuff like that's, you know, greenwashing and stuff. And mm-hmm. I mean, I know you deal with it in your industry too, where, yep. you know, there's a lot of what like scare tactics and stuff yes. like that. So I feel Fear-mongering. like she debunks. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Um, she debunks a lot of that stuff and, and talks about different um, SPFs and stuff like that. that can be really helpful. She is, I believe, Australian though. So, you know, there's some products available that we don't have here, but I think that, um, I love learning about that. I love just because I love aesthetic videos too, but I Uh love, um, uh, the LA facialist, her account, because she has some really nice, like calming little facial videos that are great. Those are two good ones. It sounds like, so we'll have to check those out and I'll put this all in the show notes for you guys. If you want to check out these accounts as well. Um, and then I know this is a tough one probably, but I was wondering your favorite, like your personal favorite products or skincare brands. Is there anything specific that's like a ride or die product for you? Yes. DMK, which is one of the skincare lines that I use and I love. They're great. They have just like a whole different approach to skincare. It's pretty cool, but their beta gel is insane. Mm. It's so good. It will help with almost every skin type, every skin issue. It's so hydrating. It's so calming. It's so good for acne and acne prevention, acne scarring. It is. It can tell a huge difference in my skin when I'm not using it. I love that product so much. Um, from IS Clinical, my favorite vitamin C product is ProHeal. Um, mm-hmm. It is so helpful, again, for so many different types of skin that I see. It's so good for redness and rosacea. It's so good for cystic acne. Mm-hmm interestingly enough, but it's a great antioxidant vitamin C too, to help brighten the skin and, and keep it really nourished. Those are some of my favorite ice clinicals cleansing complex too. Yes. I love that. Yeah. So gentle, 
but really active at the same time. Mm-hmm. There's like botanical base salicylic and glycolic that's in there. So mm-hmm. it keeps your skin clear, but also like never makes you feel dry or anything yeah. yeah. I just love that one. Mm-hmm. So that's what I found too. That's the one yeah. I've been using for a long time per your recommendation. Yeah. And I do love it too. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Gosh, this was so great. So lastly, please tell us where people can find you if they want to see you for a facial or see Shelby. Um, if you're not available, where can people find you on like the gram or to schedule or whatever? <laughs> yeah. So my Instagram handle is Rachel M skincare for Rachel Monley. Um, Rachel M skincare. And then, um, my, all my booking information is on there too, but, um, the website's rachelmskincare.com too. We have all of our services listed, um, on there. You can, um, always email us through the link in bio to ask us any questions. Emails are usually the best. I hate to sound <laughs> cliche or whatever, but things do get really get lost in the DMS. So, so true. They're a black hole. DMS yes, are a black hole. <laughs> it, and they just like appear yes. out of nowhere. Like, what yes. this happen? Yes. Um, and I'm really like not that old to not be right. Able to figure it out, but it is the best. Yes. So just like email always gets taken care of. Yes. Um, I have April that works for me. That's wonderful too. That helps with those emails. And she, um, if you know, if it's ever skin advice or anything, I will always answer them too. And then through there, we all also give advice for that, for what service to book. So if you are confused on, you know, if you want to book something and you have a question, shoot us a question through there and we'll direct you towards the right thing. Um, and you can book through Shelby on there. Shelby works for me. She's amazing. She's an amazing esthetician. She has wonderful hand. She's so talented. Mm -hmm. She's such a sweet person. Love her so much. So, um, you can book with Shelby on there too. Awesome. Yes. And I can confirm I've had Shelby do a facial for me before, maybe once or twice. And she's uh, equally incredible. So yes, definitely a good option as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and good luck and congrats early. She's having a baby in a week, people. Um, So (laughs) very excited for you. By the time this goes live, you will have a baby, which is so exciting. Um, And I just love you as a human and as my esthetician. And I appreciate you so much. (laughs) I love you and appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode and took away some tips or wisdom that you can apply to boost your health and happiness starting today. If you did, I would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review to help other women like you find my show and get inspired to start living a life they love. Also, take a quick screenshot and share it to your Instagram stories. Be sure to tag me at wellness for the win so I can see why you love today's show. Thank you so much for listening and talk to you next time.